Live at 5, Sports of Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Well, Jim, we're on the eve of the Gophers' first game of the football season at home against Nebraska and what will be a warm and sweaty night tomorrow night at uh, Huntington Bank Stadium. Uh, the Gophers have a, a really difficult schedule this year. That has certainly ramped up for them. We're obviously well into the P.J. Fleck era. How do you see the coming season? I think it's a really interesting test for P.J. in this program. Last year, they had the great year, kind of came out of nowhere. And other than that great year, they've been pretty good, mm-hmm. I think would be the fair summation. Last year, I think, uh, even though I've had a lot of Gopher fans t- try to tell me because they had a winning record, it was a success. I think if you look at the star caliber players on that roster, the number of six-year veterans they had, the easiest schedule of probably in Gopher football history, I thought for that group to not do more, to not get – to get someplace other than the pinstripe bowl was a major letdown. Uh, now, this is going to be a different kind of team. It, it, you don't have Mo, you don't have the star running back, you don't have the dominant offensive line necessarily. We'll see. Um, I think the defense will probably be pretty good again. And you have good but not great receivers, and you have a young quarterback. All of a sudden, this goes from a uh, program that wanted game managers at quarterback to needing their quarterback to elevate the program. Is Kelly McManus good enough for that? We don't know. Yeah, that'll be the test for sure. And, and uh, you know, Fleck has gained a reputation. Of course, Tanner Morgan is the only quarterback he's had outside right. of some injury games. But he he seems to be more of a close-to-the-vest guy. He wants to control the game and, and keep the score down and keep his defense uh, in it and not make big mistakes. But as you referenced, he might have to come out of that mold a little bit here. It's really interesting. He's so modern in terms of persona, promotion, recruiting. I mean, he wears clothes that he thinks will impress 18-year-old kids. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just big into social media. He's big into self-promotion. And then his teams go out and play like it's Ohio State in 1930. Mm. You know, he really does want to run it down your throat and just throw when he has to. Of course, when he had Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson, he had almost no choice but to air it out. But he also had a really good run. You know, he had Mo Ibrahim in that team, too. They ran the ball very well. He really does believe in the run, the set up the pass uh, mentality. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that this year. Maybe, uh, but I don't think he's going to be able to be good teams doing that. And now they have Michigan and Ohio State back on their schedule. They go back to having a difficult schedule. And Penn State on there as and well. Yeah, yep. it's it's a brutal schedule for the Gophers. Hey, I wanted to ask you too about uh, Matt Rule now back in the college game at Nebraska, and what happens with college coaches? They build this reputation. They go to the NFL. It must be a completely different animal in the NFL than it is in college. Not that many guys make that transition. One of the best coaches ever, Nick Saban, did not enjoy his time in the NFL. Went right back to college. No, you're absolutely right. It is a completely different thing. Uh, you don't control as much. You have to work with a much, you know, listen, we've talked about it before. College football coaches are kings, mm-hmm. and they're kings until they get the pose, and the next guy becomes a king. You control so much, um, and you have kids who really have to listen to you. And so you, you, you have to be much more of a diplomat in the NFL. You have to, and you, you know, you can't really miss. You can't miss on a player. If college, you can recruit two people for the same position, have them fight it out. You know, yep. NFL, you can't spend that much money at one position. You've got to really nail your personnel decisions. You have to be paired with a personnel guy who works well with you and can feed you the right kind of players. You have to have your quarterback in place or you're not going to be able to compete. It's just hard. It's just harder game, harder job. 
I think Matt Rule is a really good college coach. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a terrible NFL coach. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to being a good college coach now. And then uh, there, there certainly seems to be more examples of guys who don't fare as well in the program. Pete Carroll was one who did make that transition and kind of seamlessly. I mean, he right away became a top coach uh, at the college level too, but, but that's kind of the rarity, isn't it? It is, and I think Pete Carroll is probably one of the greatest football coaches of all time. Mm-hmm. And if if if, if Daryl Bevel had handed the ball to Marshawn Lynch in that game in Arizona, right. uh, he would have had he would have been one of the rare coaches who not only won national title in college and a Super Bowl in the NFL, but he would have won, won become a, one of the few coaches who ever won consecutive Super Bowls. Um, he is a great coach, and he's also the kind of guy who relates to everyone around him, whatever regardless of the age, even at his advanced age now, he relates to everybody. So he is a rarity. Let's talk Vikings a little bit. They're down to their 53-man roster, but that isn't necessarily the roster they're going to begin the season with a week from Sunday, right? I mean, teams cut, they got guys down, there'll be other players than the Vikings might find more desirable than the ones they kept on their 53-man. There's still going to be some fluctuation, isn't there? No doubt about it. Already today, Jalen Rager was claimed on waivers, so they lose him, which obviously they don't they don't consider much of a loss. Yeah. Bring in Kenyon Barner as a third down, a third a third string running back at least until Longwood was healthy. Uh, they'll and you know they brought in Tonga last October, and nobody even noticed, and he became a starter at the end of the year. Now he's locked in as a starter, starting defensive lineman. So, I, you know, it's one thing I always caution people, whether it's baseball, football, whatever, especially baseball and football. These people tend to really focus on training camp, spring training competitions. It's The last few roster spots aren't won. They are just temporarily occupied by people coming out of camp. Uh, the roster will be in flux all year. You know, the Jalen Rager case, I look at the Eagles roster, and they have one of the best rosters in football, including at quarterback with Jalen Hurts, but defensive players that can run and make plays. How did they pick Jalen Rager right before Justin Jefferson? You know, it just shows you how, really, it shows you how difficult those jobs are mm-hmm. and how easily you can be fooled by the wrong thing. There's also a rumor out there that the uh, one of the Eagles personnel people knew Rager's father and kind of let that influence him. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, and but and, Je- and he's a bigger, stronger guy than Jefferson. And you, you could have, you know, you could have been fooled into thinking, okay, he's playing, you know, Jefferson's playing with Joe Burrow, he's playing on a great team with other great wide receivers. He made it look easy. Maybe that was because that offense made it easy for him. And they, they just absolutely missed. Hey, hey I, I think maybe the two best rosters in football, top to bottom, are the 49ers and the Eagles. Yeah. Eagles absolutely blew it on Jalen Rager, and the 49ers absolutely blew everything they did with Trey Lance. Good, good teams and good personnel people are not infallible. Yeah, that's right. What do you think of Brock Purdy? Is he a star in the league? I think he might be. Hmm. I just didn't really see anything that he did last year that looked like a fluke. Mm-hmm. He he reads defenses. He moves well. He makes plays on the run. He throws accurately. He's not afraid of the big game. He's not afraid of pressure. Um, I just didn't see anything that, that to make me doubt him. Now, how good is he? Is he a top five quarterback in the league with great, you know, with probably about seven superstar quarterbacks? I don't know. But again, he's playing with a great roster. And he's really good, and he seems to have leadership capabilities. I mean, I just, 
he very well might be like a top six quarterback. And to be a top six quarterback in the NFL these days, you've got to be great. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, that is going to be an interesting experiment to watch uh, with the 49ers. Uh, uh, moving to basketball, Team USA is playing Anthony Edwards is a big part uh, of that. And uh, he's really building his reputation around the league as a budding superstar. I talked about, about this with John Krasinski on our podcast a lot. Uh, the sense was, you know, at least Timberwolves people thought, okay, the rest of the league doesn't really know how good this guy is because anytime somebody talks about the Timberwolves, they're talking about the problems mm-hmm. and the difficulty of fitting Gobert in. The fact that Edwards is young and he's made a couple of mistakes off the field. And it's, it's felt like in the NBA, in the United States, you know, outside Minnesota, I'm not sure people realize how good Anthony Edwards is. I'm not sure they noticed how hard he was for the Denver Nuggets to control last year, and they didn't. Um, so I think the world is kind of figuring out now just how good this guy is. I think maybe NBA fans who are watching those games are realizing, oh, my God, this isn't just like some another guy who's going to be devalued by being a Timberwolf. This guy might be an all-time – this guy might be a superstar. I think he really is opening eyes with the way he's playing and the way he's handling himself. He's been a great team player. He's been a leader. He's, you know, he's Steve Kerr's guy. If, if somebody has to go because they're a cap casualty, he's the last guy, right? I mean, he's the oh, cornerstone yeah. now? He's the cornerstone, oh, yeah, and he has been for a while. Yeah. Um, and I still think Cat fits in really well with him, uh, personality and basketball-wise. You know, Bill Bear is a diff- more difficult fit because he sometimes doesn't get out of the way of Edwards and comes <laughs> up things in the middle. But I still think it can work. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.